This is Sports Jam. I'm Doug Doyle. My guest today is former LPGA champion golfer Sherry Steinhauer, who has now joined so many others who are playing pickleball, which is one of the hottest growing sports in the country. We'll talk about her amazing 26-year golf career and her new sport, pickleball. Sherry, thanks for joining us on Sports Jam. Well, thank you for having me, Doug. It's a pleasure to be here. So you're outside, are you on your patio and you're in Phoenix, right? I'm on my patio in Phoenix, yes. It's a beautiful day. I played three hours of pickleball this morning and uh, have the afternoon off. It's that competitive feeling that's inside Sherry Steinhauer that has moved from this champion golfer to another sport and you're playing it pretty well, but you're talking to us. We may hear some birds uh, chirping here today because, hey, you made your living outdoors. Why shouldn't we talk to you on Sports Jam outside? You're right. Yeah, it'll work. I'm used to being outside. So, <laughs> Before we get into all the aspects, because you're also a brand ambassador in, in this pickleball sport, and we'll talk about Selkirk Sport in a moment, but let's talk about the fact that you had this wonderful golf career that really was highlighted with two major victories, two major championships, the 1992 DeMarie Classic and the 2006 Women's British Open. That had to be such a thrill for you. Take us to one of those tournaments and what were you thinking and how was it to actually grab the top prize? Well, the first one uh, in 92, the, the DeMarie Classic, because I hadn't won a tournament before, um, it was you know, getting that first one is the hardest accomplishment. Uh, it, it, so I was in the final group on the last day and had a chance. And with my parents there, it was an amazing, uh, situation. And, and, uh, I was fortunate enough to, you know, came down to the last hole. I was one shot ahead and, uh, ended up making a par and the, closest competitor, Judy Dickinson was one shot back and she bogeyed the hole. So I ended up winning by two. And, uh, what that was probably the most amazing feeling because, you know, at that point I had been playing golf my whole life and to work so hard towards something and to finally have that all pay off. That's what I remember most about that win is, wow, all these years, this is what I've been striving for. And you don't get a lot of accomplishments in golf. You know, you don't win that much. So when you do, it's a, it's, it's a pretty unique and special feeling. So that was, that was incredible. What a great point that you don't really get to, you know, you have to beat so many people in order to claim that top prize in a sport like golf. When did you know that you could play at a level that you could be a professional golfer. What was the moment you said, yeah, I'm pretty good. I remember it like yesterday. I was 12 years old. Um, I was playing in the, in the state tournament and uh, I ended up losing in match play. I qualified for the championship flight. I lost in match play to the gal who ended up going on to win it. And it was interesting because I was in a playoff with her and I remember going to my mom and going, it was a dog leg left par four. And I remember saying to my mom, mom, I can't get past the corner. Cause I was 12 years old. I couldn't drive it past the quarter, 
corner of the dog leg. And I said, she can, I can't get on in two and she can. And mom said, just, you just go do what you can do. And I hit it down, hit it across the dog leg on the green and missed my putt. She was on in two and one. But I said, this was the most darn fun I have ever had. I love the competition. And um, I was interviewed that day. And I will never forget um, being interviewed. And, and he asked me what I wanted to do. Mike Lucas was his name out of, out of Wisconsin. And um, he asked me what I wanted to do for a living. And I said, I want to be a professional golfer. And I knew then. Well, as you were, you were describing that immediately, I watched King Richard uh, just the other night after it had won, uh, Will Smith had won for Best Actor. And Venus was 14 when she played Arancha Sanchez Vicario in that first you know, big event, public event for her. So that feeling as you as a 12-year-old had that same feeling that, hey, I can can compete against people and I can't do this, you know, for, for a living. And you did it for a long time. You had 26 years of fabulous golf. Sherry Steinauer won't be playing on the weekend. In fact, she won't be playing on the LPGA tour anymore. Earlier today, an emotional moment as a former champion of this event passed the torch on 18 as she came up for her final putt on the LPGA Tour. And she really did pass the torch. Sherry, a wonderful representative of the LPGA. Many, many tournament wins. Her first win was here in Canada at the 1992 Du Maurier Classic. The darn hip. You're supposed to play golf until you can't play anymore, but hip injuries really forced you to retire, huh? It did, and it was, um, I had a lot of damage in my hips. So I went in for hip repair. I had labral tears, tendon tears. I had a muscle rupture. So I've got pins holding a muscle in place still today. And so um, that, all of that really caused havoc. And I had surgery in 2009 and it helped. It definitely helped. It gave me another couple of years out there, but um, uh, not, you know, it, it, they were just, they were pretty worn out. So that was, that was unfortunate. My brother is just about ready to schedule hip surgery, so he's he's going to go through that. He's not looking forward to it. I, I know that, and he he was a very much a, a a great athlete as his high school career as the football uh, quarterback and you know one of the the shooting guards. So uh, all those journeys caught up with him too. But for you, when when you look at this, you mentioned your family was there when you won uh, the first championship and it kind of ties a little bit into the fact that you are supporting all the time family type businesses, but let's talk about your family and the business they were in first. Let our listeners know and viewers know about that. Yeah. My family, uh, my brothers were the fourth generation of a butter production plant. So they, um, produced a lot of the butter in the country. Um, and, uh, you know, my, my dad, he, he was asked into the business um, early on at, at, in his um, career. So it's been, a, it's been an amazing, that was an amazing uh, journey. I love to go in and, and watch how the butter was made and the machines and how it pumped it out. And I actually did have a two-week stint there. I was going to retire from golf. And my dad said, well, then you've got to go to work. So... <laughs> 
I went to work for two weeks. I was quitting golf. This was in 1983. I was, wow. a, I was a uh, junior in, in college and I was quitting. I was done. So and why was that? I was in a major, major slump, major okay. slump in my career. And it was just too stressful for me. And I just, I couldn't, couldn't deal with it. And uh, so I, I said, that's it. He said, come to work. And uh, I did. And they tell me later that my mom would say to my dad, say, what are you doing? Why are you having her do this? And he goes, don't worry. Don't worry. She's gonna, she will come into my office one day and be done. And it was two weeks later. And I walked in and I said, dad, you know, it looks pretty nice outside. He said, get out of here. And I went right back to golf, but it was a great lesson for me to learn. And, um, you know, I know it was only two weeks. But uh, it made me think and I knew that I loved what I did and that I wanted to continue on with it. So, so it was a two week stint yep. at a butter production plant that helped Sherry Steinhauer become an LPGA champion. I don't know if anybody has that story, Sherry. That, that's right. She has traveled around the world playing golf, but says Madison has always been home. And this award brings her life full circle back to where her heart is. The Madison Sports Hall of Fame is proud to induct this amazing golfer, Sherry Steinhauer, into the class of 2013. I would think any time that you've had an early round of golf, when uh, you know before you retired, and somebody said, uh, you know, would you like butter or whatever on your bagel, or you would think of your family, right? Oh yeah, oh yeah, all the time. I mean, I ran across the butter all the time, and you know. Every time I flew on an airplane, they, all those little continentals, they came from our plant. And so it was, it was a really special business, but they ended up selling out in 2000. Um, and my dad was very happy with that. Uh, it's pretty unusual to even go four generations. And uh, he was happy with uh, the run that our family had and they ended up uh, selling it to Land Lakes. So, wow. Uh, yeah. So it, it was, uh, it was a, it was a great great business, a lot of fun to watch. Fantastic. Now, I understand that you had a, a mentor who was a pretty famous uh, teacher when it comes to golf. You want to talk about that? Manuel Delatore. He is, uh, he was one special guy. I wouldn't have never have been where I was without him. That's, that's for sure. He, uh, when I first went to him, I had a swing that ended in an inverted C. So my back was, my back was bent. He said, you're, you're never going to continue this career with that swing. You're going to hurt your back and, and you'll never have longevity. So he taught me how to swing with, um, with a, and finish with a, with a straight standing up back. And, um, he, he was, he was right. I, you know, could play and, and, uh, uh, I didn't have back issues. That's for sure. So, but he simplified the golf swing for me so much. I can't have a lot of technical thoughts in my head. And uh, he simplified the game and he gave me a swing that I could perform under pressure. You know, it was really interesting because growing up when I would have different lessons from different um, people, my barometer was to take my dad out and go, dad, I'm working on something. And I would take him out. And if I could, if I could succeed and hit good shots with my dad watching, I knew it was going to work under pressure. So that was something that I always, always did. 
And with manual, you know, so many times I'm like, okay, dad, let's go out. And it would work. And, and then I was confident when I went out on the, on the tour with it. And, uh, he, he simplified the game for me and the swing and just my mind was more clear when I played and, um, you know, basically the, the, the whole premise to what he, his philosophy is you set the club in motion and your body follows. Mm. So you're not trying to manipulate anything. I'm not trying to put the club in a certain place. I'm setting it in motion and I'm just letting my body follow. And that was really the, the, the premise of it. And, and uh, so it was, it was a great run. He was an amazing, amazing man. Great friend of mine too. Just love that man. Sherry, you make it sound so simple, but it is one of the most difficult <laughs> games to play. Consistency, right? You could have, uh, you know, hackers like myself, you could have one hole that you go, yeah, I got it today. And yeah. then you four putt or you're in the trap, you can't get out. It's, it's such a game that you, that in order to be at the level that you've played for all these years, you do have to have this this consistency. So I guess that really worked for you. How has the game changed on the LPGA Tour now as compared to when you were in your really swinging time? Yeah, well, these kids, they started now, they started at such a young age with this workout program. And I mean, these gals are strong and they are hitting it a long way. Uh, players didn't hit it like this you know, this, the distance wise, um, back in my day, but, uh, they've got a bigger, uh, network of people, you know, they've got their coaches with them, their, their nutritionists, they've got a whole team behind them. And it's very, very different. You know, we used to come in and people were playing bridge in the locker room and we had softball games and, and, uh, but you know, it makes sense because of the money it's a business and, and, uh, very, very different, different today. But what you're describing is you had a lot of fun. It's all, it seems like <laughs> yeah. it's, it seems like it's all pressure. You know, I mean, obviously you had pressure, but you had fun as you played the sport where we hear all the time about people who play at, you know, a high level in sports. Do they really enjoy it anymore? Because, you know, it's, as you said, it's such a business but women's sports are really just soaring right now. I'm sure that has to make you feel great. The money has, you know, has started to come around in all sports. What are your thoughts on where we are in women's sports today? Well, I think, I, I think it's all an evolution and it's, you know, I look back at what Billie Jean King did for tennis. I mean, that was huge. That was just a wonderful, amazing thing. We, we don't have that, that equalness in our sport, but, our, our purses are growing. You know, the way I looked at it when I played, I said, heck, I'm making a nice living. I'm doing what I love. I don't, I don't have a problem. Yeah, of course you want to play for more money. What, but, but I just enjoyed what I did. And, and, and that just fell into place, whatever, whatever the money was. And, um, but today it's continuing to grow for, for all sports and, and, uh, you know, just, Hope we continue on that path. Was the push for sponsorship as difficult back then as it is now? As far as getting a sponsor? Yeah, or? I mean, what I mean, did you have what was the process like of, of getting a sponsor or sponsors 
you know, we see we see that the logos and all the hats and shirts and things like that. Now, it seems like in all sports, it's it's such a competitive thing. Yeah. You know, I was really I was funny. I I won't call them out, but I was, you know, approached by a top management company. And and um, when I received the contract, they they wanted to take a percentage of my earnings. And I read that and I thought, now, wait a minute, I worked my whole life. And I'm going to go out and play and I have to give them some of what I made. And I didn't, I didn't like that. And especially because I wasn't like a number one player. Now, if I was a number one player, I might've thought differently, but I knew that when deals came into them, why were they going to come to me? You know, they're going to probably go to, I don't know. That was just kind of my, my thinking. So I um, did everything on my own. And I had a wonderful friend who, um, who I met in a pro-am and he helped me with all my contracts throughout my years. And I basically met the contracts that I had, I met in, these people in pro-ams, you know? So I, uh, I represented like uh, Sharpie, the Newell company, Sanford, Shiseido, Land's End. These came through just meeting people at a pro-am party or, um, on the golf course in a pro-am. So, um, and for me, I kind of felt like I had this special relationship with these people. And, um, you know, obviously Ping was my number one big sponsor. I was with them for forever. And that I was just fortunate in the beginning of my career to hook up with them and, um, and have them throughout. You spoke about family. That was important. That's a family business. Like what I grew up in, and and uh, I was close to them, close to the other folks of of different of the different companies that I represented, and to me that was important. So I I I enjoyed the path and the way that I found um, sponsors, and uh, and it worked out. You know, it worked out for me. It was great. Hi, my name is Sherry Steinhauer. I won the 2007 State Farm Classic right here at Panther Creek. Today I'm gonna to give you a couple tips on how to play this golf course. The first tip is keeping the ball in the fairway off the tee. One characteristic of this golf course is that the rough is very, very long. So we wanna stay focused on our target and make a good swing off the tee and keep it out of the long stuff. The second tip are the two par fives on the back nine, 13 and 16. They're reachable par fives for the longer hitters, and we definitely want to take advantage and walk away with birdie there. Otherwise, you're going to lose ground on the field. These tips helped me to win in 2007 and should prove invaluable again this year. We're speaking with Sherry Steinhauer here on Sports Jam, former LPGA champion, and you mentioned ping. So from ping to ping pong-like to tennis and badminton combined, the sport of pickleball. How do you describe this sport that really has just blossomed when it comes to people participating? Pickleball is just the most addictive, fun sport. So it's a sport that anybody can play. And the thing that's so great about it is it's so it's very social. And it's not as big as a tennis court. So you, you don't have to run too far. It's more quick movements. 
But pickleball is basically, the way I like to describe it, is ping pong on steroids. So it's um, on a smaller tennis court size, 44 by 44 feet by 20 feet. And um, you have a paddle and ping pong, ex or ping pong players are so good at it. And that's what you're basically doing. You have a paddle and you're hitting this uh, plastic ball. And, uh, you know, I marvel at the people. I watch these people play and they're some very like older, older people. And I, I, I marvel at how they play and think, isn't that just great? And then they can be out there with their grandchildren playing. And, and uh, so the thing about pickleball is anyone can play it. Anyone can pick it up. The learning curve is quick to get to a high level is that's hard. That's hard. There's a, probably a point where people just kind of get to and, and um, yeah, they'll get a little bit better, but maybe not make that, that leap to a higher, higher level. But they're playing enough to have fun and interact with their family and friends. And, and uh, so I don't, it's just a, it, it, it's a blast to play. Knowing how you approached the game of golf, you're not going to stop until you're at a high level because you just mentioned you just played three hours today of pickleball. Mm -hmm. And I think we get the feeling that uh, you will not stop until you are at that extremely high level in another sport. You did it in golf and now you have to do it in pickleball too, right? You can't be satisfied with being a professional golfer. Now you got to stomp on people. But I understand, Sherry, that you and one of your friends, and I think she might even be a fellow, fellow golfer, you lost early on to an elder group of ladies, and you're like, what just happened? And, exactly. and we, have, we have to do something about this. Is that true? That's exactly right. We walked in there, and we're going to take them, and the balls were going by us. We're looking, what is happening to us? Well, there's a you know, there's a strategy and there's a, there's a way to play the game and it's not about banging and uh, you have to have a soft game too. And we didn't understand that at all in the beginning. So when we hit the ball up, they were just putting it past us, but uh, yeah, that really inspired me to, to figure out and study the game and understand what, what I needed to, what I needed to do. And, and um you know, I, I've got a sponsor out there. And again, it's a family owned company, Mike and uh, Rob Barnes and their father, Jim started Selkirk. Um, and I guess it was 2014 up in the Northwest. There's the Selkirk mountains up there. So they named it after, after the mountains. And, and uh, so there it weaves in the family uh, connection. And it's been a, a great run being being a part of the Selkirk, Selkirk team, too. That's fantastic. You earlier had mentioned Billie Jean King. Believe it or not, uh, the guy who's talking to you right now actually played a game of tennis against Billie Jean King wow. uh, during a, a, a promotional event. And that was in uh, Ocean County, New Jersey, and was one of the highlights of my life uh, to actually hit back and forth with, with the incredible Billie Jean King. I would imagine 
tennis players love the sport of pickleball, right? That's the hardest part. That's where I'm lacking. That's why I'll never make it to, you know, that, that high level. I don't, even though I am studying, I'm trying to figure out, trying to understand, but the power that they can generate the, the top players, um, uh, you know, that's what I, I'm, I'm lacking. Uh, and it's really maddening because they come into the sport and they pick it up like that. I mean, they're just instantly good. So that part of it is, is hard, but, uh, but it, it's great. There are so many, uh, young kids that have, that are coming into this, into this sport. They just had a tournament down in Florida and the top number one pickleball player, Ben Jones, he's like 20 years old, 21 and, uh, amazing singles player. Well, I was watching the, the telecast and, um, they had all these young kids from tennis who signed up and they were, I've never even heard of these kids and they were giving him a run for his money. And it was just so much fun to watch. But, um, so that's the advantage of, of the tennis players, uh, coming in, but, um, it's all great. Can you explain to our audience why it's called pickleball? Oh, um, the game originated in the Northwest back in like the, the 60s. And um, what was her name? Pritchard or something. And they had, as the story goes, they said they had a dog named Pickles. And Pickle would go, they, they, this family created this game. And then pickle would go get the ball and they called them pickle pickleball. And, uh, which is, it's a, it's a crazy name, but there, there's, there's different theories of how it got started, but it definitely started in the Northwest with this family creating it. So it's been around a long time, but it's only been, you know, 15 years that it's gone becoming so popular and the pros playing and, and, uh, and I mean, now there's two tours, PPA, APP tour, and they have, I, I don't know, 20, 25 tournaments each. It's, it's incredible. So I'm playing in an APP tournament this weekend. I'm turning 60 this year. So that qualifies me for the 60 division. So I'm playing both 60 women's 5-0 and 60 mixed 5-0. So it's, the senior tour starts at 50 and I will play some just because it's fun um, to, to give it a shot. But uh, you know, it's pretty, it's pretty difficult. I'm giving them 10 years on me too. So. <laughs> By the way, guess who just turned 60 this month? Am I looking at him? You're looking at him. Yep, absolutely. So uh, welcome to the 60 club when you get there. <laughs> it's not so bad. So, how does it feel? Um, I feel old, to be honest. <laughs> I do, I do, but I haven't had I haven't had a 26 year career as a professional golfer. So, <laughs> and uh, but you know, you talked about the the sport, and another thing is, just like golf, it depends on who you're playing with. It's all about the camaraderie, and it's about the social aspect. I think that's one of the beauties of golf, and obviously pickleball too for you. You've played against celebrities and friends. Anybody you want to mention? Well, let's see. I played. Um, I played uh, Amy Olson, who plays on the LPGA tour. She's 
fantastic. Um, she's an excellent, excellent player, and and she's got some friends on the on the tour that that she gets out to play with. I'm trying to think what celebrities. I don't know. I know there's a lot. I know there's a lot that play, and a lot of them are getting courts at their houses and. Um, you know, and is that the next step for you? Or are you going to get one at the house? Well, I have kind of a makeshift one in New York. Uh, I'm out in the country. And so um, I do have a place where I can practice and drill and all out there. Um, not here. And I live in a gated community, so I can't put anything up here. I got a lot of friends with pickleball courts, though. <laughs> Uh-huh. So, <laughs> so you spend a lot of time at the friends. <laughs> yeah. Yes. And obviously, because of your hip injuries, this was a sport that you could, I guess, transfer to easier than than to go out and play golf, right? Can you explain why you're able to play this sport at so well? It's it's hard to explain because of, you know, you would think my hips would um they would be difficult, but it's more shorter movements. And the one thing with golf, it's an intricate, you know, turn, you got to be able to turn your hips and, 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 um, I can't turn like they're, they're like stuck. My hips are like stuck. So, um, the bigger movements in pickleball when you're, when you're running is, um, easier for me. Um, not to say that I'm not sore at night cause I am, but, um, but definitely I can get away playing, playing pickleball and golf is just, it's painful. And it's, it's actually changed my swing because I can't move my hips the way I'd like to. So, um, but it's, I'm telling you, you know, I have four older brothers. So I just, I grew up competition was in my life from when I was born. They're all older than I am. And, uh, so it's given me that outlet of that, that competitiveness that I just, I, I thrive on. So it's just fun. This is a silly question, but I wonder about it sometimes. A professional golfer like yourself through the years, did you play miniature golf? Did you play pit-putt with friends? And how did you do when you, when you were on the, those miniature I, golf courses? I did. We had a putt-putt. It's still there today, right around the corner from our house in Madison, Wisconsin, Vitens Golf Land. And yes, we used to go there and play. And I was horrible. I was horrible at it. I didn't wow. like it. Wow. <laughs> yeah. I, I guess that's where people could say, well, hey, I'm, look who I'm with. And, and I, I, they get a chance to beat you, right? Because they can't do it on the links. So they're going to yeah, do it that way. I, I don't like a windmill going around. You know, I can't get it through the windmill or through the mouth or whatever. So <laughs> when did that feeling of I hate to lose come into play for Sherry Steinhauer? That was early on, very early. Um, so when I was younger, like 12 years old, that um, there was a group of boys that I played golf with at, at the club. And um, so we would play uh, every, every day, except the weekends. Weekends were hard for us to get on. That was more family day. Um, but during the week, Monday through Friday, we played every day. And so we would play for a bag of chips or a candy bar. You know, I didn't want to lose that candy bar or that bag of chips. And uh, 
we'd have to go to the snack bar after and and get that and i i just didn't want to have to have to pay for that and uh so that's where it seriously came from it was like i am not well it, it goes deeper because what you did is you actually charged it and so then my dad would get the bill but here's the here's the thing i have four brothers okay so everybody's charging my dad would get the bill and you know it was thick and he would sit at the kitchen table and he would open it up and he'd make piles you know who's of the bills and whose was the most expensive and uh it was really a big deal for me. I, I'm like, I, I don't, I mean, we don't have this kind of money. I don't want to have to like have dad pay for this. And um, so it just instilled this competitiveness in me. I guess when I was eight, there was a, uh, it was called the um, two hole. I was a two holer and you go and you play two holes and the winner got a dime. And I remember then that I won my dime and I would take it home and I'd give it to dad and I'd say, dad, please, this is for the family finances. You know, I really thought I was contributing, but that really meant a lot to me. You know, wow. so. And eight LPGA victories later in this fabulous career, including, as we mentioned, the Mare Championship in 92 and the Women's British Open in 2006. You mentioned your dad. It makes me think of my dad because I lost my dad at the age of 90 in 2020, but he was still playing golf at the age of 89. And yeah. it was only because his, his, his legs were bothering him and that he didn't want to go out afraid of falling. But by the end, Sherry, his bag consisted of all woods except for his putter. And he just loved to play woods. Now, as, it, as being sponsored by Ping all through the years, what was your number one club? If you could only have one club in your bag to play a round of golf, what would be the club that you always went to and said, this is my bread and butter? My bread and butter. I was a, I, I love my irons. So, um, you know, like a seven iron. I loved a seven iron. I could probably play a round of golf with that. Of course, I wouldn't get any distance off the tee. But I could hit a bunker shot with it. Um, you know, I could putt with it. And uh, so I could probably manage around a golf course pretty good with a seven iron. And I always liked that club. So um, so I would say, you know, that was my claim to fame. Is I was a good iron player. So I would definitely pick, pick the seven iron. I would pick the Selkirk paddle. I would, I would pick the uh, Vanguard. S2, it's the 2.0. This is what this is interesting because I played ping clubs, and one of the, what they're known for is their forgiveness. And that's what this paddle's known for. This has the biggest sweet spot. This is actually their latest, and um, it's got a they added a surface to it that's kind of textured, and um, it's the 2.2.0 series, and it's so it's more textured than their last series. And so it gives you gives you more spin. So um, so it's been a it's been a great it's been a great paddle. So I find that interesting too. That's a parallel that I I picked a a, a paddle that has that's the most forgiving, and um, so are my golf clubs. So <laughs> I don't know. There must be some message in that. I'm not, I'm not sure. But this is uh, 
my favorite favorite paddle to go to and um uh and the seven iron was my favorite favorite iron selkirk is more than just you know the equipment too i mean they they do so much in the community and growing the sport and and um engaging all generations to play and um so they're they're quite a special special company done a lot for the game as you were describing your paddle i'm going yeah she's not gonna let anybody beat her anymore she's got what she wants i could just see it in you i could just yeah you know the spin and oh you're just talking about it like that's your friend and look out i wouldn't want to compete against Sherry Steinhauer in any sport, whether it be miniature golf, regular golf, or pickleball for sure. Now, I might beat you in one pickle-related thing, and that would be pickle eating. But oh, okay. I, I'm sure I probably could beat you in that, but that would be it. <laughs> but it's been wonderful, you know, talking to you, and I'm so glad that you joined us from outside today in Phoenix because it, uh, you're a breath of fresh air to, to begin with. And uh, it's been wonderful talking about two different sports that you already excel at in this pickleball. And after having such an amazing career, don't mess with Sherry Steinhauer. (laughs) That competitive edge that started with the family and your brothers has stuck with you and has made you the champion that you are. And I appreciate your time here on Sports Jam. Thank you so much. Thank you, Doug. It's been wonderful. Thanks for having me. Sports Jam is a WBGO Studios podcast. You can hear all the shows by going to wbgo.org slash sports jam. Or you can find Sports Jam with Doug Doyle on the NPR list of podcasts or wherever you hear podcasts. You can also hear all the podcasts from WBGO by going to wbgo.org slash studios. Until our next Sports Jam session, I'll see you at the game.